Super Talk Mississippi media production. Moondog Makers and Bakers Catering Services. Taking ordinary to extraordinary. Personal and home private nights to massive events. From wood-fired pizzas to full gras. Get your three-pack spice blend of moon dust, moon crust, and moon rocks. Hashtag what is Moondog? Familiar food done differently. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. After Ole Miss dominates Penn State in the Peach Bowl to get their 11th win, as you guys know, for the first time in program history. What a day uh, for Ole Miss football. So that's what we're doing here. This is your reaction show immediately after the game. You're post-game show presented by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. Advantage Business Systems has you covered for all of your office technology needs. So if you are a Mississippi business anywhere in Mississippi and you need office technology, Advantage Business Systems has you covered. absms.com, that's the website. Again, Advantage Business Systems for all of your office technology needs. Tell them I sent you. You'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. So you tell them what you need and what your budget is. And they will find a solution for you on me at Advantage Business Systems. The post-game reaction show is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. I actually uh, had to uh, use my Priority One Banking online platform earlier today. had to move some money around, and it was as convenient as it always is because it's a one-stop shop. You don't need multiple apps to manage your money because Priority One Bank makes me their priority. They also have local loan servicing and decision-making. So if uh, you need a loan, if you need one secured... Uh, it's somebody that you'll get to sit down with face-to-face in your backyard. You won't be getting on Zoom or talking to somebody out of state. It's somebody that you'll get to know because, again, Priority One Bank makes you their priority. Uh, please follow me, by the way, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, and subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Just search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. So no more wasting time. Here is immediately after the game, your post-game reaction show. Ole Miss beats Penn State in the Peach Bowl. And I used in the title, I used the word dominates because in the second half especially, that was a dominating performance from Ole Miss. Now 13 points usually isn't something that you would call a dominating game, but you guys watched the same game that I did. Ole Miss was the significantly better team. Uh, than Penn State today, and the outcome of the game reflected just that. So we're going to react to that to you, or react to that with you uh, on this uh, on this edition of the live stream. A little special edition for you on a uh, on a Saturday. Won't be live tomorrow, New Year's Eve. Obviously, uh, we'll do something on Monday though. So looking forward to seeing you guys then. But in the meantime, let's talk Ole Miss and Penn State. My name is Michael Borky. Please like the video if you haven't subscribed to the channel. Please subscribe, and if you're listening or watching this. After it's over, still leave a comment. I would appreciate uh, seeing those as well, even though it's not happening in real time. So, Ole Miss 38, Penn State 25. Ole Miss is taking the, uh, the the stage right now. Jared Ivey and Caden Priestcorn were given the MVPs of the game. Perfectly understandable. Makes total sense. And uh, so that is going on right now on uh, ESPN Plus, by the way, if you feel like watching that instead of me. Wait, why am I telling you to go somewhere else? Uh, but anyway... Ole Miss 38, Penn State 35. I'll do a little box score house cleaning, and then we'll get uh, to some reaction and your comments, of course. Jackson Dart may have played his best game in an Ole Miss uniform. And, and you know, you've said you've been able to say that before, but I think 
considering the opponent. Now, I know that Penn State had opt-outs. I get it. But even with those opt-outs, this is a remarkably good Penn State defense. They are athletic. They are talented. There is, uh, I mean, NFL caliber players all over the field, even with those three players, three starters uh, opting out for Penn State. And don't forget, too, that Dart got hurt literally on the first play of the game. So he was limping around from step number one. His right tackle was already hurt. His right tackle's backup got hurt in the game, couldn't play. His number two wide receiver was limited to really only catching punts. So Watkins wasn't there. Bentley had to go to the locker room. So it's not exactly like Ole Miss's offense was at full strength either. But the the pressure that he was facing and the accuracy in which he delivered the football today, this was one of his best games. He's banged up. His team's banged up. And you have an elite defense uh, across the field. And that's what Penn State is. Again, even with opt-outs, an elite Penn State defense. I've saw uh, or seen some people do the, uh, oh, Penn State's overrated thing. Guys, no, they're not. That is not an overrated Penn State defense at all. It's simply not. I think that, I mean, if you guys listen to me long enough, you know that I think the overrated chant is very stupid. Because if you beat a really good team, why do you want them to be overrated? Don't you want them to be appropriately rated? So that looks better for you. But no, Penn State's defense is legit. They were legit today. They were physical. They were athletic. There's NFL guys all over the field. And Jackson Dart in that Ole Miss offense uh, was really Really good. So, uh, again, 25 of 40, 380, uh, three touchdowns for Dart. Judkins had 106 on just three per carry, though, but he ran hard and ran well today. A couple of uh, garbage time lost yardage carries for uh, Judkins made the stat line not look as good as he was today. Priest scoring the offensive MVP, rightfully so. Uh, he's got... Um, 136 yards today and two touchdowns and a couple of crazy one-handed catches on the sidelines. Trey Harris also exceptional today. Seven receptions, 134 yards for him as well. Uh, Almost defensively was very good, especially up front getting pressure. Uh, Drew Aller's stat line does not reflect how poor he played today. He had 295 passing yards and a couple of touchdowns. A lot of that came in garbage time, and 75 yards of that came on a really bad decision on his part that got tipped up in the air. I mean, just a, just a freak kind of lucky thing that happens in the game sometimes. So 75 yards came on a bad decision, but he was 19 of 39. Ole Miss held Penn State to 167 yards on the ground, which Penn State ran the ball early. Uh, on Ole Miss and uh, couldn't, as the game went on, continue that momentum. And so this game, I'll start with this game and then do the big picture thing and then we'll get to your comments. This game was very similar, I think, to a lot of games that Ole Miss has played this year. You guys saw the first two series. You know what I'm talking about. Penn State, for the first two possessions of the game, kicked Ole Miss's ass. Uh, Forgive my language, but that's what happened. Penn State came out physical. Ole Miss had a a quick three and out, and the offensive line got whooped in those three plays. And then Penn State ran the football right down Ole Miss's throat, just right down the field, right up the middle, ran the ball, ran the ball. Ole Miss gets a stop, forces Penn State to a field goal. Ole Miss went right back, kicked a field goal. Defense settled in, started making plays. And as the game went on, as the game wore on, Ole Miss was the better football team. And how many times have you seen that? They struggled. Uh, with Tulane, right, in New Orleans. And as the game wore on, they played their best ball in the second half. You saw it with LSU. They were down nine with six and a half minutes to go, facing a third and long in the fourth quarter with LSU. 
overcame it, won the game. The Auburn game was weird early. A lot of penalties, a lot of weird stuff going on. Overcame it, won the game. Arkansas, same thing. Mississippi State, same thing. This is a team that time, Texas A&M, they were down in the second half against Texas A&M and, and played their best ball when it mattered most. This is a team that that repeatedly this season has been punched in the mouth early or have had games that went quote-unquote weird uh, to start for varying reasons, and they, as the game went on, played their best football. And here they are again today. So they get really punched in the mouth early. Penn State was a lot more physical than Ole Miss on the first two possessions uh, of the game. And then they settled in. They, they weathered that storm. They settled in. They started playing really good defense. They gave up a touchdown on a, a that freak 75-yard play or whatever it was, and then forced Penn State to a fourth down. And Penn State ended up scoring, but still. So even on that weird thing, they still let you know in that moment that they were going to to be okay. And then in the third quarter, Ole Miss offensively and defensively just flat out dominated Penn State. And that's a Penn State team that has been elite in the third quarter really all season long. And so that was just another example of this team being a really good team, quote unquote. Uh, Their mental makeup all season long has been exceptional. They have weathered multiple storms for different reasons. They've played poorly early and they, they've overcome it. They, they lost a weird game in Tuscaloosa and they turned around and beat LSU a, a week later. They got popped in the mouth by Georgia. They're really banged up and hurt and they turn around and beat Mississippi State. And here is another example of that team uh, overcoming uh, weirdness early in a game to play their best ball when it mattered most and injuries were popping up uh, all over the place. They are uh, as headstrong of a football team uh, as as you can imagine, and that showed itself uh, for uh, for Ole Miss yet again today. Lane Kiffin and Charlie Weiss called uh, an exceptional uh, an exceptional game uh, today. That was uh, again. I, I think that they 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 obviously have had better offensive outputs. Um, but not against defenses like this. They called an exceptional game today. They were really creative. Uh, they found ways to alleviate the mismatch that they had with Penn State's defensive front being better than their offensive front. Uh, so they deserve credit as well defensively. Garbage time defense for Ole Miss needs some work, but defensively they were really good today, uh, made some adjustments, and uh, ended up tackling well after a rough start, especially at linebacker tackling early in the game and, and got stops when they needed to. They got after the quarterback. The only thing that really got them was the uh, the little tunnel screen that they were uh, running to the tight end. That was the only thing that offensively worked for Penn State throughout the game. So uh, really good win, obviously, for a lot of reasons, uh, overcoming a weird start and some injuries to beat a really good Penn State team's more specifically, a really good Penn State defense and putting up 38 points and, again, 380 passing yards, 394 passing yards because Watkins threw for 15 and 150 uh, rushing yards. That's a really, really good performance. And then, of course, the 11-win thing. The momentum that Ole Miss is going to carry in this carry to this offseason uh, because of that win today. I mean, obviously, everybody knows this by now. It's their first 11-win season in program history. But they have already started off-season momentum by getting guys back. You know, you've seen Harris and Priest Corn 
and, and Watkins and, and these guys and Ivy and Pegues. And again, Ivy was really good today. He's going to be such an under-discussed player this offseason returning for Ole Miss. He's going to be huge. You got all that. And then you got this portal momentum. And then you're soon going to get an announcement that Jackson Dart's returning to Ole Miss. If he hasn't done it today, I, I expect it to, to happen very soon. Ole Miss is not letting him go and he's not leaving Ole Miss. But so you have all, all all of these players returning, these key quality players returning. They've added in the transfer portal and the schedule sets up very well for them next year. You not only did you make history this year, but you are replacing what you're losing with great and you're not really losing a whole lot. Like you return so much important from this team in this season that the next eight months Ole Miss is going to be a preseason top 10 possibly a top five team and the momentum from winning this game is going to continue to carry on into the spring through the summer and Ole Miss is going to have national attention I'm I mean not national attention like spotlight people are going to be focused on Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss football all offseason you're going to have people talking about Heisman with Jackson Dart that's going to happen you're going to have people talking about their path to the playoff all offseason it's going to happen Ole Miss is not going to be the hunter though they're going to kind of be the hunted so I'm curious to see how they handle uh this uh kind of uncharted territory uh for them luckily Lane Kiffin uh has been in those situations as a coach before, I mean, he coached and coordinated at Alabama, you know? So, so he's seen what you have to do to maintain this kind of level, uh, but hadn't had to do this yet at Ole Miss. He hasn't entered a, an off season with playoff discussion at Ole Miss before. So curious to see how they handle that. But uh, the, the history is, is obviously what it is, but the off season that they've already started uh, creating is only going to be heightened. Uh, many times over uh, because of what they were able to do today. So I'm going to stop just kind of talking to myself here, and I'm going to start talking to you guys here. And uh, obviously a lot of really excited people in the chat, so let's get to it. William just says, hotty toddy. Another one, hotty effing toddy. Ole Miss is on the rise, top five preseason in 2024. Yes, uh, I think that they will be somewhere around number five. Uh, going into next year. I think because of how it is, you're going to get Georgia and Alabama. Missouri will also uh, have, uh, will be in that discussion as well after beating Ohio State last night. But yeah, I think Ole Miss will be somewhere around number five uh, going into next year. Uh, 11 dubs in all caps. You get a destroyed that. You know what? Yes, uh, especially in the second half. Big 10 what? Took two series to figure them out and they rolled. Great day to be a rebel. Priest Corn is a beast is another one. Yes, yes, he is. And, uh, you know, knock on wood that he he spends this offseason uh, healthy as opposed to getting hurt in training camp like he did this year. Uh, you see how lethal that offense can be with a quality tight end. He is absolutely a quality tight end. He is worth every penny that the Grove Collective will pay him over the next 12 months. A, a valuable locker room guy on top of it all, a valuable locker room guy. Like one of those glue guys as well on a team, very mature. Obviously, he's a husband and a father. So, uh, but yeah, that's uh, he's worth every dollar that they paid to get him to come back, as opposed to uh, trying to get onto an uh, an NFL roster. Another hottie toddy. Uh, the top of the Big Ten is looking suspect. Quarterback play, Anthony, is a big problem. Saw it with Ohio State last night. Now, look, their starter is already off to Syracuse because they're going to replace him with uh, the guy from Kansas State. At least that's what it looks like anyway. But Ohio State was a disaster at quarterback last night. 
Um, Penn State was a disaster at quarterback today. Uh, Michigan uh, better uh, better change the narrative because right now the Big Ten is not looking uh, particularly great up top. And just a reminder, like I said to you guys a few weeks ago, uh, this whole the SEC is down thing, and people were saying that because it was Ole Miss and Missouri that were winning games and not Auburn and Florida. Ole Miss and Missouri let everybody know that their record was not a fluke, that those were two really good football teams because they lined up and beat Ohio State and Penn State in consecutive days. Dominated Ohio State and Penn State in consecutive days. And I know it was 14-3 to last night, and it was a 13-point game today, but you guys watched. Missouri's defense dominated Ohio State. Dominated Ohio State. And Ole Miss did uh, today as uh, as well. So, insert image of Jackson holding his harvested mountain lion here. Yeah, that's getting a, a lot of run uh, right now. And uh, it's, yeah, um, yeah. Understandably so. Foreshadowing. We didn't know at the time when that picture came out, because that's an old picture. Uh, did not uh, know that um, that that was going to be – it was foreshadowing. That's uh, that's all that was. Brock Bowers, uh, Mims, also not dressing out for Georgia. That game is going to be a, uh, a joke, but that's not what you guys are here for. Ole Miss defense shutting down Penn State run game really won the game. Absolutely, they could make any. They couldn't make any throws after the run game got shut down. Yeah, man. And uh, yesterday, not that this was like any profound thought or anything, but I did the two questions thing on the radio show yesterday, and my Ole Miss absolutely cannot was lose first and second down was was what I said because the rationale was uh, if Penn State can control. Uh, the sticks running the football, if they can win first down, if they can constantly stay on schedule, then Ole Miss was going to get beat. Because if you are able to stop the run and force the ball into Aller's hands, you see what happens when you're able to do that. Like with LSU, for example, if you shut the run down, well, they still have Jaden Daniels, not in bowl games, but still. So with Penn State, if you stop the run, you win the game. And Ole Miss found a way uh, to stop the run. Uh, Centarian Perkins uh, didn't play near as much after the first couple series. They, they got bigger uh, at linebacker, and, and that was a good adjustment. And they kind of stacked the box a little bit and, and shut the run down. And Aller just can't beat you um, uh, at all. He just can't. And uh, and you saw that today. So Ole Miss made some adjustments and matched Penn State's physicality after a rough uh, first drive. And, um, and yeah, it uh, it worked out. 86, offensive MVP of the game for sure. Watching you from Section 200 in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. That's awesome, man. Glad the, glad you got to go. Glad you got to have fun. And uh, especially if you were one of those that had to uh, endure the Peach Bowl nine years ago, right? Wasn't that nine years ago? Yeah, if you were one of those, uh, you got some redemption in uh, in the new stadium. Not the old one. The old one's been destroyed, obviously. But thank you. For, uh, for watching. Enjoy yourself uh, today. I know it's going to be an absolute madhouse uh, around there. So, Josh, man, thank you for the super chat. It is not necessary, but I really do uh, appreciate uh, appreciate you, and thank you very much for that, man. Uh, you are way, way, way too kind. Uh, you say my wife and I have suffered through some bad old Miss football since. <laughs> Makes this moment so much sweeter and the future so much brighter. And the future is now. You know what I mean? I mean, it's happening right now. There's there's no more building, right? They have built, and they still have to add offensive line in the portal. They're going to. I mean, they might get a commit as early as the the end of the week, 
from a, a former SEC lineman, and there's possibly another former SEC offensive lineman uh, he- heading their way. So uh, those reinforcements are coming. They're working on that. It's a necessity, but it's it's almost done uh, when it comes to that. But uh, aside from that, the, the build is no more. They are what they need to be from a personnel perspective and an experience perspective to go make that playoff run in the first year of the 12-team playoff. So uh, the, the future, uh, Josh, is now, my friend, and, and thank you again for, for that. That was uh, much appreciated. Almost really took advantage of Penn State starting quarterbacks being out, and you loved it. We made the number one overall defense look very average, absolutely. Best play calling game since Lane has been here. Yeah, and, and you know, Charlie Weiss deserves credit, as we talk about here all the time. Uh, if people are going to criticize the offense or, or criticize Charlie Weiss Jr. when the offense does not perform, they also need to give him credit when the offense does perform. How many times have you guys heard me say that? I'm kind of a broken record here, but truth is Kiffin and Weiss, when the offense does poorly, deserves a, a lot of flack. But don't forget to talk about Charlie Weiss Jr., uh, when the offense performs well, because he is absolutely uh, a major factor in what they do. And, and they they called an exceptional game today against a really, really, really good defense. I mean, in any elite def- defense, I'm going to keep saying that because it's absolutely true. Opt-outs or not, that is a, a great Penn State defense, and uh, and they really move the football well. A, a lot of it was because of coaching and the way they were schemed up. Dart was sharp, and... um and that's what you get. Yep, preseason uh, number five. What a huge game. Absolutely. What's up with Kiffin taking the ball at the start? Uh, so it, it's just a, a mentality thing. They think that their their offensive play script is really, really good. And, you know, history tells you that it is. They, they are probably the best opening possession team, like in all of college football. Uh, and so they take the ball in the old always when they can anyway, when they, they win the toss because they think that it's important to start the game with points. And they are, they're really confident in their ability to do that. So if you can get your opponent, I mean, on the first possession, if you can start the game with a lead, they think it kind of, it's like a psyche thing. And they're really confident in their ability to go score on the opening possession. So that is something that they are always uh, going to do. Can they handle preseason top five? I think so. See, that that's the benefit of, of what Ole Miss is going to be personnel-wise going into this season. It's a lot of older guys. Jackson Dart will be starting games for his fourth season. Remember, he started games at USC before he transferred. So he's a three-year starter at Ole Miss, but this is his fourth year starting games in college. Uh, I mean, Priest Corn again, is a father, right? Trey Harris has played years of football. Watkins has played years of football. And Pegues and Ivy have played years of football. So you've got the, the the core leadership of your team is deeply experienced football players. And the guys that you're adding via portal are deeply experienced football players. So that, that will really help because you've got, you're going to have an older, more mature team. You would think that would be able to handle this a little bit better than maybe a younger uh, super talented team, but lacking in experience. So if the defense adds in the portal, show up. Ole Miss is going to be dangerous next year. Absolutely. Uh, wild that a lot of mocks have uh, Alars, the number one quarterback prospect in the 2025 draft. Uh, they need to adjust those if that is the case. Uh, because no, he's not. Uh, no, he is not. Penn State is guaranteed to get smashed in three games every year. Ohio State, Michigan, and the SEC team, they draw at a bowl game. Yeah. 
Hey, they did win the Rose Bowl last year, though. Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, and Ole Miss in the top ten. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I mean, I don't have the, the scores up in front of me here. I'll pull them up right now. But um, I, I imagine that Georgia is probably having uh, great success uh, today. Oh, they're not. Wow, it's still 0-0. But, yeah, Auburn getting smoked uh, as well because that's, uh, that's a bad Auburn team, and uh, they are showing that today. Both Penn State touchdowns in the first half were lucky. Should have been a blowout. Yeah, they, they scored one on a trick play, uh, and then the other one obviously on that what would have what should have been an interception, fluky, bad decision, tipped ball that landed right in the hands of your NFL tight end. Got so lucky there. But and we will still hear Lane hasn't won a big game yet. Like number seven, Ford Oak. Yeah, see, that narrative was so stupid. You you guys and I talked about it a lot. That narrative was just so so, so, so incredibly stupid. Uh, I mean, when, when you win now 29 games in three years at Ole Miss, right? I'm doing the math correctly, right? Eight last year, 10 the year before, 11 this year. That is 29. Um, when you win 29 games in three years at Ole Miss, you uh, have won big games. You, I mean, it, it's you've won big games. And, and so that Lane hasn't won the big one narrative is just so stupid. I mean, they they hosted college game day and they won the game when they hosted college game day. He's beaten LSU twice. He's in the last three years, he's beaten LSU twice. He's beaten Auburn twice. What they're saying is he hasn't beaten Alabama and Georgia as if that's a fair measuring stick as you're trying to build a program at, at Ole Miss. And so it's, it's remarkably stupid. And uh, Lane clearly uh, was locked in this year in ways that, if we're being honest, you haven't seen him uh, at Ole Miss, and uh, and you, you see what a quality football coach he can be. I mean, he always has been one, and he's been successful at Ole Miss, but you guys saw it. Uh, you've seen it in recruiting. You've seen it in uh, what's happened since the Egg Bowl and, and portal recruiting. You, you've seen it in the way he's handled the media and the way he's handled teams. Um, he, he really – appeared to have kind of figured himself out as a coach, which is weird to say because of how experienced he is. But this year, he coached the team differently than in years past. Clearly, he managed the roster differently. He managed the quarterback position differently. I know he brought in Spencer Sanders, but think back to the quarterback competition before last season and how that was handled in the – this guy's going to start this game. This guy's going to start this game. But everybody in the program knew that Jackson Dart was was the guy and was going to be the guy. And it still got handled weird and uncomfortable. And uh, the the Auburn deal was handled like kind of messy. And the bowl game was coached very poorly, if we're being honest. And uh, he locked in. And locked in Lane Kiffin is, is an elite football coach. And you saw it this year. They won games in different ways. Uh, he managed the quarterback situation well, and now look at what they're doing in recruiting. He, he has uh, begun to truly build uh, at Ole Miss as, as opposed to um, trying to build a team to get out, frankly. I, I think it, it's it's obvious now he realizes that he can win and win big at Ole Miss. took a little while to get there. Um, had to light some fires uh, under under the the program 
but but look at everybody pulling the rope in the same direction and what can happen uh, when they do that. So look at little Ole Miss win 11 games and beat big Yankee State hottie toddy. So I've been to a Penn State. I think I've told you guys this, but I've, I've been to a Penn State game. It truly is an elite level uh, atmosphere. The stadium is ugly as hell from the outside, but inside the stadium, the atmosphere is absolutely uh, nuts. And I mean, it's one of the best programs in college football historically. What are they, top 10 in wins? Uh, so th- that game is going to carry some weight. And you've got people doing this stuff with bowl games now. And, oh, they don't really matter. And you shouldn't read into it. No, I'm kind of reading into what happened last night uh, with, with Missouri and, and Ohio State. And I'm kind of reading into what happened today with, uh, with Ole Miss and, and Penn State. Because, you know, again, like I said before, you can talk about Penn State's opt-outs. But if you're going to do that, you need to talk about how many players Ole Miss's offense was without uh, today. Again, starting right tackle. His backup got hurt in the game. Bentley, the running back, and the number two wide receiver were all hurt in this game. Either didn't play at all or played very, very little because of injury. So um, it's not exactly fair to just pass it off as opt-outs as why Penn State's defense didn't look like this. Nobody. They got outcoached. They got outcoached and they got outplayed by a better football team. That's what happened today. And, and I really don't think there's any counter-argument uh, to that statement at uh, at all. So, uh, possibly a top 10 uh, preseason ranking? No, I think somewhere around five. So, um, depends on how the playoff plays out, uh, of course. But, yeah, somewhere around five. Five or six, something uh, like that. I think they will be ranked ahead of Missouri this offseason. I think they'll be ranked ahead of Ohio State. They'll obviously be ranked ahead of Penn State. Uh, depending on what happens... In the playoff, I think they're going to be ranked ahead of Washington because of what Washington loses. Uh, so, yeah, somewhere five or six in that neighborhood for, for sure. Hey, JP, glad to see you, man. Glad to see you. It's been uh, been a little while. Happy New Year to you, and, and yes, a belated Merry Christmas to you, too. Two thoughts. You know, I'm a radio guy in a Mississippi, and it was special to hear Kellum say, I like to call it Chucky Mullins to 17. Gave me chills. That's uh, that's really cool, uh, actually. I've, you know, th- there are there are very few people in this world that are as kind and humble as David Kellum. I mean, he's been the voice of Ole Miss sports for what 40 years, and so he's kind of a legend. And when you meet him or talk to him, you would think he's just another guy. That that's how he carries himself, and, and he cares about you. Um, I mean, we don't know each other, right? Like he, he's aware of who I am. We've met multiple times. I of course know who he is. And and he remembers details about my life like that, that he heard in passing. He's just a very pleasant, wonderful man. Uh, so anyway, and really good at his job too, of course, great at his job. And uh, number two, you say maybe redundant now, but 2024 expectations have to be making the bracket and winning a, a game at least, right? Yeah, definitely making the playoff. Anything short of a uh, playoff appearance will be absolutely, without a doubt, a disappointment uh, for Ole Miss. Now, look, if and that's a general statement. Like, if if Dart gets hurt and and Judkins and Harris get hurt and like you know if they get just this this wave of injuries, then you look at it with a different context, uh, of course. But for now, uh, the general expectation should be playoff or bust. Absolutely, it should, and because they have 
the re- they have the returners to get there, they have the incomers to get there, and they have the schedule to to get there. So that will be the conversation all offseason is barring catastrophe on the injury front, it is a playoff or bust uh, season for Ole Miss in 2024. And thanks to the expanded playoff for giving us the opportunity to have a season, uh, to have a discussion like this all offseason. Isn't this fun? Isn't this fun to talk about right now? I think it is, and I'm excited to spend the next eight months uh, doing uh, doing just that. So, no, I hope you guys didn't hear that. <laughs> Sorry, I thought. I hope I muted in time. But uh, anyway, right, avoiding injuries could point to a really special season with the roster returning. Yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely, it should. Schedule is more navigable. Is that the word? It's easier to navigate on the surface than this year's. Uh, schedule for sure, and they found a way. Uh, found a way to win. DK is a legend. My pop passed away recently. Sorry to hear that, man. Uh, bless you uh, for that. Um, and you say I'll always remember listening to him. Make it feel like we were there. Thank you, DK. Yeah, I, I there, there's a there's talk about like the the art of like the Homer radio broadcast eventually going away. I hope not. I hope not, man, because there is nothing like listening to your team on the radio. I, there, there's nothing like it. I know that TV is great, and, and I mean, I watched the game on TV today. I didn't listen to, to uh, Kellum on the radio. I, I, I watched the Saints games. I only listen to the pre- and post-game show when I'm driving to to go watch them wherever I watch them. I love Todd, the guy that calls the, the Pelicans games, but I watch them uh, certainly more than I listen. I can't even get them on the radio here. But man, when when people get the post game highlights and they dub the radio calls on top of those highlights, I literally get chills. They make me feel things. So that oh, that has to exist forever. Because and by the way, speaking of broadcasting, ESPN was awful today. And I, you know, I don't care about announcers. Like I, I think I think Mark Jones is just kind of just kind of cheesy, you know. I mean, he's just a little cheesy. He 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 really tries to like insert like f- words and phrases and stuff. And I just I don't I just don't like his style. I really don't like when he calls NBA games. But that that doesn't bother me. Like that wasn't the problem today. Mark Jones wasn't the problem to me. Like I, I couldn't care less. It was how many times were they showing like prepared content? Like the poem about Saquon Barkley's legs while a play is going on. Like they're doing this stuff, this extra stuff, and like showing interviews and these weird poems and this content while plays are happening. And so we missed like, and you know, this sounds like a first world complaint, but we missed like six plays today because they were doing other stuff on the broadcast. That's embarrassing. I mean, that that's just so embarrassing. Um I, I I can't believe that ESPN still is doing stuff like that with these big games in front of millions of people. Like everybody was only there for the football game. And if you're doing anything on the broadcast that prevents us from watching plays that are happening in the football game, you're failing. And they did it over and over and over again. That's like the only complaint today. That's like the only one is uh, is that one. So. Yes, Mississippi football is relevant. Dude, enjoy the heck out of your job in 24. Basketball is poised to give us something to watch in March. And baseball, well, it's second to none in the Magnolia State. Absolutely. I mean, this year's going to be so much, so much fun. 
Um, Mark makes you feel like he is smarter than us. Yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, some people like it. Uh, clearly, some people like it because he keeps getting big games. If, if I were advising him, if I were at ESPN, I would say, hey, Mark, just be you. Just be you. You don't have to pull out the, the, the thesaurus uh, and and have a, a sheet of references. Man, just call the game. Just call it. That's all you got to do. That's all people are here for. You got a really good voice. So just let that be the thing. You don't have to be cheesy. But anyway, the announcers had no love for Ole Miss. It seemed like they thought Penn State was going to run away with, uh, with it. Yeah, I mean, and to be honest with you, you guys are going to make fun of me. So I threw out my back yesterday. I threw out my back yesterday. And I, I'm in so much pain. It's not even funny. My lower back. Uh, I did a, a really uh, intense, like, high interval something training workout the other day. And I could feel my back being sore. And my son and I were playing basketball in the house. And I bent over to pick up the ball, and it's just like knife into my back. So I wasn't listening to the broadcast as much. I had a heating pad on my back the entire time. And because I'm in so much pain, I couldn't stand high volume. I had to like turn the volume down. So I I could hear them, but I wasn't like paying close attention to what they were saying because I was having to sit to watch the game and having to sit here right now is like taking every ounce of energy I've got. So I didn't notice like a bias or, or anything like that. I just I noticed the cheesy stuff and I noticed the taking away from plays, and, and I can't stand that. Well, fireman, you know exactly why. Um, you know exactly why uh, they were calling it Mississippi and not Ole Miss. You know exactly why. That, that, that's just the truth. Hard to see a significant bump in success at Auburn next season. How soon? Yeah, I mean, what are they going to do at quarterback? I, I I swear I heard somebody say the other day that Thorne is returning, uh, in which case, uh, good luck. Uh, if if that is a decision that you're going to make. But how soon does Hugh Free start receiving the toxicity from the Auburn faithful? Uh, have another Lose four or five games next year. Absolutely. Lose four. I mean, it's already happening. But But lose to Georgia and Alabama again next year? Just those two games. That's all you need. They have unrealistic expectations there. And when he doesn't meet them, I mean, the issue. You're making the radio point for me. Can't stand the clowns. And now the technology is there to sync your radio broadcast with the exact saying, the exact thing you're seeing on your screen. And I hope that continues. I really hope that continues because that needs to be nothing. Ice on your back, ice, ice, baby. Yeah, did that this morning. I laid face down with a big cooler frozen pack on there that helped it it really did but i couldn't find a way to keep it on there during the game so when i'm done here i'm going right back to the couch with some ice on it so Ole miss is going to be a stud in 2024 you're ready for the season and to watch this play out i am too man and it's you know it's going to be hard um because for me in doing this, football's king, right? Always talk football. I had somebody in the business uh, in another state tell me, when in doubt, always talk football. If it's August, if it's July, if it's March, doesn't matter if you're in a baseball state, doesn't matter. When in doubt, talk football. If you got nothing really going on, talk football. But I don't want to spend too much time talking football to take away from how good the basketball is going around here right now, too. You know what I mean? So, all the excitement about the portal and the offseason and all that is great, and we're going to talk about it so much. But also, 
basketball is great here at the moment. So we got we got to give that its due. Also, and conference play starts in a week. So it's just nobody feels bad for me for what I do, but it's going to be tough to figure out how to balance all of the excitement. Imagine that. Next transfer target, offensive line. Offensive line, I think there's a, there's a couple to keep an eye on uh, that are transferring from SEC schools uh, to, to keep an eye on. Yeah, uh, I think that uh, I think that they will get two, um, and there will be more. I mean, more guys are going to hit the portal, and they're going to try to get more. But yes, it is offensive line. So uh, sorry you're late. That's okay. We're, where will Ole Miss rank preseason? Somewhere around five or six, I, I think. Somewhere around five or uh, or six. Um, so yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be really really fun. But. Uh, again, Ole Miss 38, Penn State 25. The score doesn't reflect, frankly, the uh, the, the dominance that uh, that Ole Miss displayed uh, over Penn State today. Finished the season with 11 wins for the first time in program history, and they return everything, pretty much everything, going into next season. So they'll return top two receivers, and they add Juice Wells. They'll return tight end, who was – the offensive MVP in the Peach Bowl. They will return quarterback. The expectation is that they will return running back, possibly return both. We'll see if Bentley decides to go to the NFL or not. They will return Ivy and Pegues on the defensive line. Akalo Stone, for what it's worth, had a, a tackle for a loss today. He will be back unless he go, decides to hit the portal for playing time, but the presumption is he will return. Uh, Dudley, we, did, we haven't mentioned Dudley yet. We're 35 minutes in or 39 minutes into this. Uh, he was really good today. Uh, you get him at linebacker. That was your first look at him uh, this year. So so you have him. Uh, I would assume Kari Coleman uh, w- would be back. I mean, you, you just return a ton. And then the portal hall, it's, uh, it's going to be uh, a pretty remarkable offseason. So can they live up to the hype? We shall see. Dart is coming back. Yeah, I mean, neither side, uh, he's coming back. I know that there hasn't been... It hasn't been committal. Jackson Dart will be Ole Miss's quarterback in 2024. So you, you ain't got to worry about it. If you are, you ain't got to. So anyway, I'm going to run, guys. I'm going to go lay down because I've, I've been paid. I, I'm an old man. I gotta, we're going fishing tomorrow. So I got to stretch and I got uh, to be good so I can cast out the little rod I got for him. So anyway, y'all be good. Enjoy this. Go have a beer. Go have some fun. And I'll see you guys. We'll do something. Uh, we'll do something Monday. Uh, no, because that other game is so late. I don't know what we're gonna do. I, I haven't decided yet. I don't. I don't know. Maybe we'll just stick to the regular schedule and do something Tuesday. Uh, I'll let you know. Uh, just have your notifications on. That's that's how you know. Is you click the notification bell so you know when I go live, and you'll find out. So uh, anyway, I'll uh, I'll see you guys uh, on the next one. Enjoy your weekend. Happy New Year! If I don't talk to you between now and uh, the New Year, be safe if you're going out partying tomorrow night because I want to see you guys. Uh, I want to see you guys again. So y'all have fun. Happy New Year. See you soon. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.